Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. My guest today is Nena Kamaritza. Before we get to Nena, I have some announcements. First is that our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and see photos of our guests, see their stories, see some stories that I've written, see some stories that some of the guests have written. But also you can see links to all their social media, and you can see links to our social media, and that is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. I would appreciate some follows on both those sites. Also, you can uh, link to our Facebook page, Page, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. And if you want to write me, that's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. That's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. There are also links to Stitcher Radio where you can subscribe for free and iTunes. And as always, I ask you that if you listen on iTunes, please give us a good rating because that helps more people find the show and that boosts our presence there. That's a cool thing. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that this summer I went to Europe for seven weeks and it was uh, late August through early October, and it wasn't meant originally to be that long. It just turned out to be that long. And one of the reasons it stretched to seven weeks was because about a few weeks into my trip, I was contacted by my friend and friend of the show, Ashley Colburn, who is a big deal in Croatia. She now has a house there, but uh, she's a big TV star there, and she's done a lot of travel reporting and done travel TV shows there. Anyway, she knows everyone in Croatia. And flashback to a couple of years ago when Nina Kamaritza, who's the guest on today's podcast, was coming through Los Angeles briefly. And Ashley was up here to, to meet her, and Ashley introduced us. So cut to a few weeks into my trip in Europe, I get uh, uh, an email from Ashley asking if I was going to be in Europe in the first week of October because there's a press trip happening in the island of Lojin, Croatia. I've been to Croatia a few times before, but I'd never been to Lojin, spelled L-O-S-I-N-J. It's not lozenge, it's Lojin. So I jumped on board and I said, yes, absolutely. I would love to uh, see Lojin and to see Nena again. So I got to Lojin and it was this beautiful island and we were staying in this magnificent uh, resort, the, the Bellevue Hotel. And Lojin's reputation is about medical tourism. Not, I want to say medical tourism. I want to say wellness tourism. That's more the deal. It's uh, you know healthy living. Uh, they grow uh, hundreds of uh, herbs and, and make essential oils on the islands. It's about uh, uh, spas and you know, kind of like uh, these great resorts, like famous ones like Baden-Baden in Germany or something like that. But it's just as nice and uh, a lot more affordable than a place like that. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful place. I was very impressed. But all week long, uh, Nana was very busy and I wanted to get an interview with her. And we had trouble just pinning it down. So finally, on the last night, after a huge dinner of amazing food and lots of uh, Croatian wine, which is delicious, 
I finally got her to sit down for an interview in a meeting room off the bar at the Bellevue Hotel. And I hadn't listened to it for a little while. I mean, I had some other shows I had to edit and cut. But a month later, when I sat down to edit this episode, I heard myself and boy, did I sound drunk. (laughs) How much wine did I have? Nana, of course, sounds completely sober and professional. Me? Not so much. And she probably knew that, but I blame her for getting me drunk in the first place. Anyway, (laughs) uh, she was nice enough to uh, stay awake for a little while and grant the interview. And she's just a very interesting person and has led a very interesting life. She loves her country. She loves to promote it. She loves to get more people to visit her country. And she's very proud of it. And she should be. A wonderful lady, a wonderful country that I hope you get a chance to visit. And as you will probably notice in this interview, the wine in Croatia is pretty good too. <laughs> so please enjoy my conversation with Croatia's own Nina Komarica. You've been in the in the tourism business for 30 years? 40 years. How long? About 30 altogether. Okay. And uh, I was really blessed to work as the director of the Croatian National Tourism Office. And I established the office in 1998 and been their director till uh, December 2012. And uh, being as such, Croatia was unknown destination at that time. We have only about 80,000 arrivals. And when I left, 250,000. So I was very happy that I put Croatia on a map for the American market. <laughs> <laughs> so Croatia was an, an independent country until, what, 92? Yes, 92. We had, uh, unfortunately, the war. With, uh, we actually right. set out from Yugoslavia as an uh, independent state. And being as such, you know, Croatia was always a part of one of the great European nations. We were Western European uh, na- nation people and had a fantastic Croatian coastline, as you know. And being as a such, it was very easy to have a great tourism tradition from 1880 till now. So... This is my fourth time in Croatia. So you grew up in the 60s and 70s, 70s here in Croatia. Well, it was Yugoslavia. Right. And you've seen governments change, and you've seen so much change in your life. And now Croatia is such a tourist place and friendly. The little girl that grew up in Yugoslavia, could you imagine the Croatia that is in 2017? Well, that was a great question. Of course, as I I was a child in Yugoslavia, and Croatia was a part of Yugoslavia, one of the republic. And being as such, Croatia was the most developed uh, republic of uh, Yugoslavia, and we have a great tradition in tourism, and I was very happy to finish the University of Philosophy. And my uh, major is art history, and when I start to work in tourism, I combined culture and tourism because you, you are not able to sell tourism destination without great culture, heritage, and background of the culture. But it wasn't known. I mean, I don't think, at least to the U.S., Croatia didn't come on the tourist radar until maybe 10 years ago. I mean, it, it, it's grown incredibly in 10 years, the tourism business, correct? That's right, yes. Actually, we grown up after 2000, 
And unfortunately, 1000, as, uh, 2001, as you know, uh, 9-11 really yeah. ruined European tourism at that time. And then many other problems that actually happened in the United States with, uh, let's say, with the terrorist attack and so on. But being a safe destination, like Croatia is in European Union nowadays, we've been very lucky with a great tradition and knowledgeable, great hotels that we already established. We did a lot on the American market. And we became number one destination last couple of years. And I remember 2005, Lonely Planet voted us to be the best destination for European travelers as well as for the Americans. Well, Croatia is discovered. I mean, all my friends know about it now. Uh, you would have asked me like 15 years ago, nobody would have heard. Of, but now everybody wants to come to Croatia. Is there a battle of how to grow sustainable tourism? Well, this is a big question. How not to ruin what we already have? Being a sustainable tourism destination, it is something that we have to achieve. And we really did. Being one of the select, selective tourism destination in Europe, safe destination number one. And the second for the Americans, we had still our own currency. And being our own currency, you always feel that you are able to spend a little bit more than in other the countries right. in Europe. Is that going to change? I hope not that soon because with Kunas, <laughs> with Kunas that we have our own currency, right. being American as you are, you can always spend a little bit more money and really have a better value for your money than right. in other European destination because Euros is a little bit overrated, let's say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is Croatia still wanting to be in the EU as a full member? Well, uh, Croatia became a member of EU uh, 2013. And, but the you know, currency didn't change. Change didn't change, and this is maybe our advantage, because it's easier to go to spend a couple of days in Croatia paying in kunas. When you converted money, kuna money to US dollars, you still make something out. So you're of kind it, of yeah. like Britain in that way. And they're Almost. still using pounds. I mean, <laughs> well, but they never change their money. They will probably never change it because well, this not is, now, yeah. anyway, of course, <laughs> not any longer. But the thing is, German change to Deutschmark into the. Euros, because that was a law somehow to unite the whole Europe. And, you know, Croatia has a great coastline, as you experience. And I always said Croatia is California of Europe. No, it is. The climate is very similar. The wine is amazing. Amazing. It's much cleaner. Well, Croatia was always very clean. You know, this is somehow our inheritance. We are very clean. Let's say you, you can see this couple of days we spent together here, that it's really clean. It's unbelievable. The sea is fantastic, but the people are cleaning out uh, after themselves. The only thing is with the development of more of yachting tourism, of the cruises and so on, they ruin a little bit our environment. But then on the other side, uh, well, we're supposed to accept also cruises, but nowadays I think we should definitely start to make um, a special so-called elimination with the cruise liners because they are very bad for the environment. Eco-friendly is a very popular uh, sentence right now and everybody would like to be eco-friendly eco and especially when you are talking about food but as well within an environment with a big cruise liner unfortunately you are uh, you are ruined that tranquility and the beautiful cleanliness of the sea but on the other hand you have no choice you you should either accept those cruises and special cruise liner but unfortunately for, from the cruise liner you don't have enough money 
to really survive so called in the in the tourism months uh, that Croatia have unfortunately still it's only four months and we are thinking how to extend uh, the tourism in Croatia being uh, uh, starting to develop like more other segments like medical tourism then adventure tourism that we have and also uh, for the young people to develop something that they can really enjoy they can have camping sites and especially Loshin has all of this growing up in the US we assumed that Yugoslavia was the same kind of life as say the Soviet Union but then I came here and I learned that no Yugoslavia had a lot more freedoms as say more than East Germany more than the Soviet Union but you had a, a different kind of well, communism socialism in that time Yugoslavia was never the land of the uh, Af- uh, I mean the Iron Curtain land as you yeah, said yeah Iron never Curtain had, we thing. never had anything with the Russians we had the socialism totally different than the yes. communism we are able to travel and I was traveling all my life with my parents when I was a kid we traveled to uh, Hungary to Poland to Austria to England the, uh, this is totally different what we had yes. and the system was different uh, I finished university at, at almost no cost in a way but there are many advantages of the socialism and that time it was never communism the one that you are uh, aware of as a communism that was yeah was it marxist kind of soviet thing no not 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 it never was that's why yugoslavia was in a, some some kind of uh, on the crossroads of europe between east and right. west and with that socialism system that was probably very good in, at one point you know uh, while i was a, a young lady but the thing is nowadays everything changed Croatia is completely independent and we belong to European Union as we always was a part of Europe and the western civilization. I was always amazed when I come to former eastern bloc countries like within central and eastern Europe that um the older people they kind of miss the old socialism communism days because they thought they knew they were taken care of. You know, they knew they had a place to live or whatever. We had less, but we didn't worry. That's true. Yeah. And um do you find that here or is it more in say like Serbia or things like that? No, we cannot compare with the other other republics of the former Yugoslavia. Croatia was always well, we were very blessed with our islands and the great coastline. As I said, we are California of Europe yeah, in a yeah, way. But the thing is Croatia always belongs to the Western European uh, circle, to the Western European culture and the heritage. The thing is we are very happy that we are finally free because Croatia deserves to be free country and we finally get it 1991. But you know how every uh, young country when you started with a new system is not always easy it's very hard to uh, achieve something and finally little by little we are achieving our which achieved our freedom we developed our tourism in a very beautiful and very great level as you can see here in with the hotels in uh, Lošinj we became number one hotels in the whole country of Croatia it's a huge european destination one of the most popular i would think right yes we are and we are very blessed with that new let's say New Europe we yeah, are part yeah, of New yeah. Europe You're in the a new way Europe. and not only this we are old old Europe but within the new Europe yeah <laughs> so it's very interesting when you start to look uh, our arrival of the tourism last couple of years they are growing and growing every single year that's mean something is really doing well we have a, a, we, we are a very safe destination and this is probably something that is sell itself very nicely 
When was your first trip to the United States and what did you think of it and what year was that? Wow, <laughs> that was, I was a student at, at the University of Philosophy and I has an art history major and I always dreamed to come to see Metropolitan Museum when I was 20, 22 years old. And that <laughs> so it was, was like unbelievable. A, 70s or 80s? <laughs> between, yeah, between 70s and 80s. Oh, wow. And when I came here for the first time, when I came to the States for the first time, I was amazed with the huge to territory New to New York. Oh, wow, And that's I love crazy, New York. Yeah. New York is number one. It was like, one. A, like you saw in the movies. Uh, it is it's in, like, oh, the, the yellow movie. taxis. <laughs> Not only that, uh, I knew uh, very much about the culture in the United States, and especially New York, about New York museums, New York theaters, and... Uh, different culture. New York is not the whole America, as you know. Well, sure. New York is really something special for me, and this is my city that I love so much after my city where I was born, and that was the capital of Croatia. <laughs> Zagreb, yeah. Zagreb, yes. So you still have a house in New York? Yes, I still have, yes. Mm-hmm. What was it about when you went there? Like, did it was it different than you imagined, or was it imag- like you thought it would be? Well, since you asked me that question, I will tell you something. When I was about 13 years old, I read so many books about American uh, writers, about Theodore Dreisers, if you know about that gallery of women, and then American Tragedy 1929, and then I loved Zen Gray in a way, and I always dreamed about to come to the United States to have a big farm <laughs> with horses. With horses? <laughs> yes, I love horses. <laughs> well, and New York I, and horses are not the same. Yeah, not, yeah. That was Texas probably, who yeah, knows? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. You saw that a lot of Western cowboy yes, movies. That yeah. I experienced later on in my life, traveling throughout <laughs> US, USA. But, uh, you know, in a way, um, uh, I liked America, of course, because they gave us a freedom in that time, uh, between 75 and 85. And then my husband got a scholarship at NYU in the computer science. And I was on the other side uh, with the Columbia University communications and theater wow. arts. I was totally... Yeah, downtown involved. and uptown. Yes, uh, down, down and uptown. Harlem and the village. Well, somehow that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I want to raise my son in one part of the United States, and that was East Coast in a way, since the school system was very, very good. And I was very lucky that he finished the best universities with a master degree at Harvard, J.F. Kennedy School Whoa, of Government. Oh, really? So that's, well, that's America, and you have a choice. He went to Harvard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, I, could, I couldn't get it in Harvard. He did. He's a smart guy, huh? <laughs> well, I was really blessed with yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You're a smart kid. So where is he now? Right now he's working for the European Union on certain projects uh, with uh, Eastern European Black countries, so-called. And uh, I think he's very happy what he's doing right now. And he's in the the United States. But he's, you know, what he did, and I was jealous a little bit, he's he's living in the States and also in Croatia. So that's the the best best combination. Yeah, right. He comes back here as the great food and the wine and everything else. And then he goes back and works. Good life in a way, yeah. (laughs) Where do you see uh, Croatia moving forward now, now that everybody knows that it's uh, a popular place to visit? Where do you see, say, in 10 years, where do you think Croatia will be? Well, what I would love my country is going to be is that it will be a prosperous country, that young people will stay and live here happy 
ever after, so-called. But yeah. the thing is, you know, the problem is we always want to travel around the world and see right. where is the best place to settle somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I did it when I was young, but uh, of course, young people would like to explore as well. But I really hope that Croatia is going to be one of the very prosperous European country, not only because of its, um, its uh, geographical uh, position, but also uh, about something that we can learn here from generation, all the generation, and also we have to leave something for the generation that is going to come after us. We have a great school system, we have a great uh, future on the tourism. The only thing is we have to be very smart to keep sustainable tourism and not to be a mass tourism country, like unfortunately are many other countries in Europe. But being as such is uh, the first step that we should develop something different, uh, uh, five-star hotels, destination that is not for the mass tourism in a way. You were the head of tourism? For, what be, was your title? I was a director of the Croatian Tourism Office for United States and Canada, and I established the okay. office 1998 in the Empire State Building. Yes. We had a beautiful, beautiful office, you know, right. and, you know, being such a fantastic location. Did you meet lots of uh, politicians? And yes, I did. The presidents? President also. I was, uh, I was very lucky uh, to be a member of European Travel Commission countries, and they voted for me to be uh, executive committee board member of ETC. And being as such, we organized a great conference where President Clinton was the main speaker in Waldorf Astoria 2002. And it was a great, great, <coughs> great speech about future of Europe in that time. But this is already 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, actually, we did a great, a great uh, uh, jump in a way uh, in, the, in the tourism, and not only in the tourism, also about infrastructure in Croatia. We have a new roads, so it is very easy, easy to get from the continental Croatia to the sea. And as you know, as you experience, Adriatic Sea is really one of the nicest sea in the oh, world. Oh, it's gorgeous. Did you ever go to uh, the White House or do anything like yes, that? Yes, I did. You did? <laughs> I still haven't been there. <laughs> yes, when, I did. When did you go to the White House? Well, many, many years ago. With Clinton <laughs> Just, or with somebody uh, with else? Clinton, uh, with Clinton, with his okay. administration. Did you sleep in the White House? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I wanted to see, slept in the Lincoln bedroom or something. Oh, that, that would, would be that great. That would be cool, you know, right? That would be fantastic. But I was very lucky during my uh, working uh, experience and working uh, working period in New York, for, that is almost 35 years, I met so many interesting people. John Malkovich, let's say from... Malkovich the, I saw yes, in the hotel the I other know, day. I know, you told me that. So, but he, Croatian grandparents, right? That's right, but he was instrumental guy when we organized um, uh, our petition to stop the war in Croatia. He was the guy who actually was ahead and he always said, stop the war in Croatia. And we organized um, uh, 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 laureates of the world, 102 signed the, world, the word, stop the war in Croatia, 1992, when Croatia was recognized worldwide. Where were you during the war? Were you in New York or were you in here? In New York. I was in New York being a director of the biggest Croatian tour operator, Atlas, and we organized uh, many, many events just to put uh, awareness about Croatia, where Croatian, where Croatian people are heading to, and what we need and what support we need from the American uh, people as well. But that must have been a very difficult thing to sell Croatia when there's war happening. I mean, nobody yes. wants to vacation at a place where there's war happening. Was it a scary time? Did you, I mean, you must have had family affected by the war. And Yes. 
and yes, property and things like that? I mean, Unfortunately, it's true. I, had, I have a small apartment in Zadar, and it was totally bombarded in that time. And it was so sad to see what's actually happened in one of the very interesting cities of Dalmatia. Oh, Zadar. Zadar was yeah, the capital of Dalmatia. It's very cool. Point. I was there. Excellent, yeah. excellent, beautiful city. And you know the way how uh, Zadar people were proud and really fight against the Serbs, unfortunately. It was a horrible situation. I remember I went to Zadar. 1994, it was a special, there, there is no bridge in that time, so we went through Pag and so on, it was horrible, and the Ducal Palace was completely bombarded in that time, and since I was working as a consultant for the World Monument Fund, I was very lucky to place the Ducal Palace of Zadar, dated from 13th century, on the list on the most endangered sites in the world, 100, if you remember, 100 endangered sites in the world, American Express gave $5 million towards the restoration of uh, the many locality in Europe and Croatia was among the one and I, I was the one who nominated Zadar. Oh, 1978. 1998, what? I'm sorry. 98, yeah. yeah. Wow. You can check that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But it's like most people can't imagine this country that was all one and then it just breaks apart like the way it did. I mean, do you have... Friends say that around the other side, like there were Serbs. And, I mean, you must have all been, you've known each other. I mean. Well, the, the biggest problem of all was that if you are living with someone for many, many centuries, let's say many, many years, not centuries, right. Yugoslavia was artificial state, first of all. Yeah, that it was created by other people. But other people in Versailles. But the thing is, if we were, actually the whole idea started of the southern Slav to have an old st- state called Yugoslavia, that means southern, southern Slav state. It was a great idea from the intellectuals that actually originated from yeah, Croatia. On paper, on paper on it looked paper, like a good on deal. On paper, unfortunately. And then when, uh, when we started to live together as Slovenians, Croatians and Serbs, Serbians have a bigger army and we want to be on one part, Western uh, Slovenian and Croatians wants to be independent since we were under the Austro-Hungarian rule. The other part of the country was 500 years under the Turks. So yeah. it was totally, you know, it was a great influences and a terrible conflict between East and West somehow. But that is all over the world if you are looking through oh, the sure. geographic. East and South is always a problem in a way. Did you ever work for uh, Tito's government? And did you ever know that government and Yes, I know that him? government, but I didn't work with him uh, since I was a student at that time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I emigrated to the United States because it was very hard for the Croats to work in Croatia in that time. Even though you have intellectual people, many of us was not able to get Fulbright scholarship and so on because we were Croatians. It was unfortunately that way in that time. I moved to New York in my 20s. You moved to New York in your 20s. Did you have fun? I love New York. You know, I remember the first money that I earned, I spent on the theater. Tic- I was going to say a tickets. pizza, like a no, slice no, of pizza. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't say no, the slice of pizza. You know what I did? You wouldn't believe that. 1970. Six in oh, March. Oh, fun time. You were there discos. You were there no, in no, the no, Studio no, no, 54. No. That's right. Ba, ba, I went there. Ba, ba, ba. Oh, you there? did? I did. Oh, I did. I went there. I want to know. See, these and are the stories I want. I, mean, I want you and Donna Summer. Oh, yes. And yes. like, yeah, all everybody <laughs> like partying and yeah. But the beautiful story is, I, I remember that my apartment cost about 250 a month. Oh, of course. Where, what what street was it was uh, 68th Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenue. Oh, my God. But my How first salary, uh, I, I paid $325 oh, a month. God. And the two tickets I saw, uh, Richard Barton, Equus, 
in the theater. Richard Burton. Yes, of course. I saw all of them. Anthony Quinn in the, in the, oh, in the Greek Anthony Zorba Quinn. on the stage. Zorba the Greek. Zorba the Greek. And you know what I did? I saved money just for those tickets. I didn't care <laughs> if I would You're have going money. You're to Broadway. To and yes, I yes. did. And this is something that New York really, really offers. A variety of great, great intellectual well, you experience. Were, but it was rough, man. I'm, was I remember rough. going there in the 80s. And it was hard. New York was a rough place. Very hard. But I remember, I was, you know, I was, I was the one that who would like to experience everything. Uh huh. And I remember everything? Central Park, not almost everything. Yeah, come on. I want to get. The, I want to get a good story. <laughs> but the story is, I remember that I went to Central Park to see Meryl Streep on the on the Central Park stage. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, 1976. Yes. In, in she, like uh, Shakespeare filmed, in the park. Shakespeare's in the park. Wow. Before she filmed um, uh, uh, Deer Hunter. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? But I, I met her. Oh, she is oh, Meryl Streep. Oh, yes. she's the best. Uh-huh. Yes. I interviewed her twice. You did? Yes, oh, she's that, amazing. That must be such a wonderful of lady. Of course. Mm-hmm. Boy, that time I look back on it now, but everything was happening there. It was like disco and punk. And all this stuff was going on. and That was the days of our youth. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes yeah, right. that's right. Yes. It was a great experience. But that, you know, when you're young, nothing is hard. It's of everything course. is much easier. You don't now realize when, you're living in a closet, you know, in a little small shoebox, like that's this true. big. No, no, no. Can I imagine that I should live in a small shoebox? <laughs> 200 square feet, like, you know. <laughs> no, no way. But you I was care. really blessed to experience both continents in a yeah. way. Well, was your husband... You met, was he in New York with you? Yes. He oh, that's was right. He was going to. Yes. We yeah, went. Right. We what back. a fun time for the both of you. It was really such a great challenge in a way. Yeah. It was very hard, as you know, coming to the new world without any money and then start to do something <laughs> from the scratch. And we did it. This is what America is. Still. Did people in New York in the late 70s even know where Yugoslavia was? They were like, where? They knew. They knew. Because oh, they did. Of Tito. Yeah, they knew. Oh, you Tito. Be, yeah. yeah. They knew. Wow. What a crazy time. It was a crazy time, but that was our youth in a <laughs> That's way. That's fun. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, as well. I didn't get there till 96. So I was so, I was a little late for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it was still crazy for me. It was it was great. But I think every kid should live in New York for a year. Well, New York <laughs> it's is, good for them. You know what I, I mean? I agree. That's absolutely true. Both, it must have been a close to but I mean all the different cultures coming from a place where I mean it's it's pretty homogenous. Everybody's white, everybody's the same, you know, kind of. And then you get to New York, it's like, oh, I met my first Puerto Rican, and there's a black guy, there's a Jewish guy, there's a, you know, everything. That was the experience. Right, right, right. I, did, I was a little bit in a shock from the beginning. because I didn't <laughs> Yeah, know I can to, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Were you but afraid then, of her? I mean, it's natural. No, I, mean. I was not afraid, unbelievably. I have to tell you something. I never was afraid. That is a good thing. But, you know, unfortunately, being uh, in New York for so many years, you really experience Everything. So many things. Yes. I have a couple of robberies in that apartment of 16. Oh, no, you got yes. robbed? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But that was like everyday life, you know. Yeah, it was Thank God nothing in New happened York. to yeah, us. Yeah. It's like taxi driver days. It yes. was crazy. Yeah, oh, you remember gosh. those days? It oh, yeah. Was really checker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the checker cabs. Checker those cabs, those yeah. big giant taxis. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah. But you know, now when I think about it, and Times Square was horrible. I mean, it was. You remember oh. 42nd Street? Oh, it looks disgusting. Like horrible. And but the now, subway was a nightmare. Subway was a nightmare, but on the, on the other hand, now when you look 42nd Street, how it looks yeah, like. Yeah, well, it's now. like Disney now. I remember <laughs> 1978, I was employed by um, Ford Foundation, but I saw the all maquettes of the New York, how New York supposed to look from 78, uh, 25 years ahead. And oh. all these new buildings I saw like a closet, like a maquette. You wouldn't believe I saw that in the Ford Foundation. So it was very accurate. Shown. 
it was very accurate and now all this building is in existence so forty <laughs> second it stopped completely clean out <laughs> right so uh, let's ask about um, for people who are listening uh, if they have like a week I know it's a short amount of time but Americans don't have a lot of time for holiday if they have a week in Croatia what should they do well that's a great question because only a few days is not enough I know it's never enough but, but, I, but I tell them like okay you have to see Dubrovnik you have to you know Dubrovnik split in, in Zagreb Yes, but, Capital City is great. Yeah, and Plevice uh, National Park, National if they Park. can do it. But the thing is, within a short period of time, of course, the best points would be, in my opinion, to see a UNESCO sites in a way. Because we are recognized through UNESCO as a World Heritage Sites, and depends on the people what they would like to stay. If they would like to have a short vacation, the best is to go to fly to Zagreb or either split and then go out South Dubrovnik. But the thing is, Dubrovnik is really mascot of the Croatian tourism and very, very well-known destination. Right. But it's, besides it's, it's Dubrovnik, on the front of every brochure. And, it is. Yeah. But this is how we have to put our marketing well, efforts sure. because everybody knows Dubrovnik and this is in Croatia and this is very important. But on the other side, there are also other places in Croatia that are very, very equal to Dubrovnik as well. Where we are right now, it is a beautiful island of the northern Adriatic. I didn't even know this existed until you told me about it. I know, I And know. now I love it. I want to come back here. And, you and also, <laughs> I tell people to go to Istria, the peninsula, if, especially if they like food and wine. Well, you know, besides Istria, Istria is a fantastic region, and Istria is full of great olive oils. As you know, they're olive oil great, excellent wine, but continental Croatia has such an unbelievable offer. Oh, yeah. Also from the wine, as you mentioned, wine. But southern Croatia, Pelješac Island, Korčula, as you've been there, it is really, if we are talking about wine, we have a great offer of both. Oh, so Zifandel, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, oh. uh, Chardonnay, just name it. And the octopus, <laughs> my octopus. Oh, the food, I food is something else. Oh, the else. food is amazing. <laughs> the seafood, go to the, yeah, have seafood, please. And the lamb is very good. Well, lamb is uh, traditionally great on the island of Tres because of the great soil yeah. and the combination of the seawater and the herbs. Yes, so the, the same thing I had in Pag. What we had, yeah. Yes, they, they, the, the lamb eat the herbs that are growing yeah, out yeah. of the ground and the seawater, uh, between the herbs and the seawater, they're basically marinating not themselves. Ar- not artificial. Yes, right. <laughs> They're brining their own meat without even knowing it, and then eat the, so the meat, and it's amazing. That's really true. We are very happy and very proud of our culinary uh, tradition in a, in a way. Yes. But being in Croatia, uh, the continental uh, the continental Croatia influences of the continental cuisine. That means Austria, Hungary, that part, and Croatia is a part. It was a part, right. of course. And then the Mediterranean influence with a great, great quality of fish. Adriatic Sea is unpolluted still, and we yes. are very blessed to have the great islands and the fish and the local fish is something that is very hard to find everywhere else. Well, I always tell my friends who love Italy, and because you know most people travel to Italy first and they love it. And I said, well, if you love Italy, you're going to love Croatia because they're very similar. I mean, the diets are very similar, the climate is very similar, and it's cleaner here, really, isn't it? That's <laughs> it's, right. Yes, it's, yes, it's yes. cleaner here. 
Well, Italy is traditionally fantastic food, as of you course. know. But, but the, the Romans ran all this, well, and they the Romans, gave you good wine and the olive oil. They and, think, but being, you know, the Roman uh, emperor, Diocletian, built his house in Split. Oh, yeah. So Diocle- Spalato yeah, became Diocletian's his palace. palace, you know. Yeah. And this is unbelievable how he actually wants to retire in Split. And he was born yes, in he knew Salona. He knew where to go. <laughs> yeah, where to live. And he grown cabbage all over his palace. You know why? Because cabbage is a great herb again the cancer and he knew in that time so he wants to see from his palace all these big uh, cabbage trees you know just name it how many how many <laughs> kinds but the thing is Spalato a split that we have nowadays is really a great Dalmatian city that has a great tradition in the history and heritage as well yes okay so now we're going to wrap this up and we're going to say um, when you want to sell Croatia around the world to travelers What do you tell them? Why should I... If they ask you, why should I come to Croatia? What do you tell them? Well, discover something that you never dream of. Discover something that uh, belongs to European circle. Croatia is a small country, but really European country with a great cultural heritage, excellent food, great wine. And if you put something on a plate, you would like to have a good food and you would like to have a glass of good wine. And we have that. But beside that, we have a great culture, uh, cu- culture influences as well. And now tell me your favorite thing to eat in Croatia. Oh, that's hard to say. I know. I want you to... Um, give me two things you love. Well, fish, definitely. Well, of course. Fish, the, yeah, the seafood. Number one. And this is the one, Dentix, that you tried Oh, yesterday. that, that Dentix fish. <laughs> it's crazy. It looks like a, uh, the, the crazy teeth on it. And they call it Dentix because of the teeth. Fantastic. I have never seen this fish, but Delicious. Delicious. Well, it was experience also to see the big fish that is about yes, 13 kilograms. Yeah, right. Somehow I thought this is much smaller. It was huge. And huge, it leaves the face yes. on it. Yeah. And the face as well. But the thing is, uh, there is a great uh, herbs, you know, definitely. Oh, yeah, so when you mix a good, uh, a good dish with the fish and the great herbs, this is the best. On the continent, I like, I like herb, uh, lamb, and also, lamb yeah. and also very good beef that we have. But the beef was, everything yes. was uh, excellent while I was here. I'm so glad that you like it. Oh my gosh, I ate like crazy here. I'm going to have to go on a diet. You know, well, you should think about I'm eating that. the bread. The bread is amazing. The bread like, is oh. good too. But you should think about this the ice tomorrow. Cream, the you gelato. No, oh, oh. you're killing me here. But you remember, and the wine. But you remember what Scarlett O'Hara said. We'll think about the diet tomorrow. Yeah, we think about it <laughs> on the plane, on the plane <laughs> on home. On the plane back home. Well, thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for, for having me. And hopefully we can come back and we can do this again. Is that okay? I hope you will come again. Yes, thank you so I much for coming. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I could feel hot flames of fire roaring at my back As she disappeared But soon she returned 